one. Hello and welcome, Rally Caps Nation. We are back with episode 19. T. Willie, how are we doing tonight? Good. Feeling good. Uh, got my got my weekend golf in today, so got a little sun, even though it was a little bit chillier than I expected it to be, but um, got back on the couch and watched sports the rest of the night, so I'm in the middle of watching this Nets-Warriors game, so if I get distracted, just reel me back in, all right? Commitment to the process, folks. That's what you can expect from us here at Rally Caps On. Tivoli goes out, shoots a low number, and then gets right back to the couch to dive in on sports. So tonight we got a good one for you, folks. This is going to be coming out Sunday, I believe, Valentine's Day. Make the uh, the loved ones in your life feel a little bit special. We've got uh, Brady getting a little tipsy and celebrating a little too hard, arguably. Um, Urban Meyer making some potentially questionable uh, staff hiring decisions, and we'll we'll get into that. We've got a little golf action with Spieth Mania, back-to-back weeks, and then we're going to do a little bit of a deep dive into contender pretender with the current NBA. So, T. Willie, let's hit it off. Let's go right from the jump. Let's talk Tom freaking Brady. Um, paparazzi, there, there were some pretty good photos for a guy that doesn't really drink too much alcohol. He definitely was uh, – getting amongst it a little bit and vibing in the, in the beverage. What would you think about that? How, I, I just don't know how anyone in their right mind could not cut loose right there. And just like boat parade with the city that you <laughs> literally just moved to. Right. It does not get any better than a personalized boat parade and you get to roll around and get as hammered as you possibly want. So absolutely. I, Plus I think that's just legendary moves. Absolutely. And you got to think too, that was probably the first alcohol he's had in, I, I don't know, like two years probably. So for sure, know, two, three shots of that avocado tequila. Do you think he was actually drinking avocado tequila? Is that, is that a thing? Uh, I, I'm sure it is for him. I mean, I, I wouldn't put anything past him, but uh, was, was he trying to do the SpongeBob meme when he replied to it? Like the, the one that we, <laughs> yes. Know? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure what he was what he was going for, but did you also see that he was wearing the knee brace? And I, obviously, it's been retroactively said that he's going to get like a quick little surgery on there, you know, just clean up the knee a little bit. Um, but wearing the knee brace, I thought that was like a pro drinking move at first, but apparently, it turns out he's actually uh, just protecting it from getting any more injured than it obviously already was. Yeah, he's he's done the film work. He's he's studied the uh, he studied the bartenders, the layout. He knew probably was gonna have to rely a little bit more on his legs and wanted yeah. to wanted to have that stability there for the party. So exactly, I mean, you know those boats. Those boats are the unpredictable ones. You can't prepare for stuff like that. You absolutely. you got to have the brace on to go out there and uh, navigate the high seas like you do in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And what. I mean, was that like the most uh, goat move of all time? Throwing the Lombardi Trophy from boat to boat. I mean, that was that had me fired up. Yes, it, I aren't there some sharp edges on that thing? Like <laughs> it, it's heavy, right? Like that thing's yeah. got to be 30, 40 pounds. I've got to assume it's at least like I think on the light side that'd be a great uh, trivia question. Like if they actually told us how the how much that thing weighs, I'm gonna guess it's like yeah, like 30, 35 pounds. Yeah. So what was so what did you think was better with that? Was was Brady's throw better or the team up catch between uh, Gronk and, and uh, Brady? I think the throw was better. He put it right on the money per usual. 
And he's he's the one that his momentum is taking him towards the edge of the boat. So when yeah. when he throws that thing, like I think if you watch the average Joe try to throw 30 pounds from boat to boat, like 50 to 70 percent of us are falling straight into that water. Yeah, definitely. And that's like I mean, that's a lot of pressure on the receiving end. I just I also just did some fact checking. Um the Lombardi trophy is only seven pounds, apparently. I don't what? I don't I don't see how that thing weighs seven pounds. Is it, it hollow? Seems, I it must be. It says it's entire it made entirely of sterling silver, 22 inches tall. That thing looks like it weighs at least 20 pounds for yeah. sure. So I yeah, I don't know, but yeah, I mean for for Bra- that's gotta be like if there was one, um, like if I could be someone else for a day, being a part of like a championship parade slash celebration, I know it was a little different this year with COVID, but that's got to be up there, right? Like I think yeah. back to those, uh, for me, the iconic ones were the Lakers three-peat when, uh, you know, Shaq and Kobe are doing their thing and Mark Madsen was like the white boy was rapping, like just the whole city of LA going nuts. That has yep. to be, that has to be just incredible. I would, I would love to do that. Yeah, and Wrigley. Um, oh yeah, Chicago yeah. when that was nuts. Yeah, definitely. So, shout out for Brady. They are, uh, you know, I mean, he's probably back to he's probably back to just training and getting ready. His knee's probably already completely recovered, and we'll see what happens with next year. We we've talked a little bit in the past. There's a lot of football storylines, but sticking with that football topic, um, we got some news on JJ Watt. JJ Watt and the Texans have agreed to part ways and he's now, he's now a free agent. This is pretty, this is a pretty big move. T Willie, what, what was your takeaway on this? I thought this was huge actually. Um, And was it just me or was it refreshing to see instead of an interview or a little notes app or like just a super like generic tweet, he actually got on and recorded himself and it came straight from the horse's mouth. I, I actually appreciate that move by JJ. I know it's probably like a lot of people think it's like, Oh, this is a try hard kind of thing. And like, but I, the fact that he gets to control the narrative, kind of like he mentioned, he's like, you guys can't like spin anything that I'm about to say. We're parting on good terms. And apparently Houston just basically let him off the hook. Um, because he, he was kind of already expressing his displeasure with this whole thing. Yeah. And he he got out much quicker than unfortunately uh, Deshaun Watson is going to. He's going to they're going to have to hang on to him for a little bit. Obviously, I know a lot of people were pointing to like the race thing, which I, I mean there's a lot more variables that go into it than than simply that, you know, they're two completely different positions, their age, their injury history, contracts. their contracts. We yeah. can go on and on how I feel like that's almost just as ignorant as anything is calling it racism. Yeah. That that's just, I mean, that's the day and age we live in, right? Like this wasn't a, this wasn't a race thing. There's, there's a lot of things um, where race maybe plays a, plays a factor, but this, this wasn't one of them. Uh, For sure. And, and and for me, I mean, is this the first signal that the Texans, I mean, you've got to think that they're planning on moving Watson. Otherwise they keep JJ Watt. Right. And they, or they, they tell JJ Watt, like, listen, we're going to keep Watson. We're going to, we're not done trying here. We're going to put pieces around here. To me, this signals he is Deshaun Watson is for sure going to get traded at some point. Yeah, th- that or this owner is just running this thing directly <laughs> off of the cliff. This I is mean, uh, have you, can you remember? I was talking about this with a coworker this week. Can you remember another team that like? I mean, they were in the 
they they were up what 24-0 on the Chiefs and, and then like last year, right? They're up 24-0. Yeah. They're up 24-0 on the Chiefs in the playoffs and first quarter to, to be to be where they're at now. Can you remember a team that's fallen from grace like this quickly? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, it, as soon as you said that, I like my eyes like opened wider cuz I realized like holy crap, they actually were in the divisional round last year. It's wild. Like whooping on the Chiefs for the first obviously only like eight minutes of the game, but still, yeah, that is crazy to think of how fast, how the tables have turned for the, for the Houston Texans. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it would have been smarter though, to at least trade JJ for like a fifth round pick or some kind of value instead of just letting him go. Right. Yeah. I think the issue was maybe with his, with his contract. Cause I think he was on the, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm assuming that that offer wasn't there. Uh, and that's why they decided to do it this way. But right, yeah, yeah I figured I mean, they were going to have to restructure it somehow. But yeah, the the, t- the whole Texan situations, we we've hit on it a bunch. I don't want to, I don't want to repeat what I've said in the past. But man, those guys, you guys are. There's days where I feel like I'm bad at my job, but man, you guys are bad at your job. If you're the Texans front office and and Bill O'Brien, man, wherever you're at, I just you know, yeah, ugh, ugh man <laughs> you you suck dude like you're really bad so and he's only been doing this for a couple months right easterby he he just recently got this gig and he's just uh i don't i think if you can choose like r- right or wrong you know if we were comparing this to like a roulette he is literally on like 15 wrong picks in a row yes yeah he needs he needs the luck to turn uh asap uh, I, I still want to see what happens with Deshaun Watson, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a tough situation. And speaking of tough situations, uh, so urban Meyer earlier this offseason agreed to become the new head coach for the Jaguars. Uh, and then he released his staff, uh, this week and on it was Chris Doyle. For those of you guys that aren't strength and conditioning slash college football nerds, Chris Doyle was the longtime um, strength coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. He was the highest paid strength coach for about the past eight or nine years in NCAA division one football earlier this year. He was, uh, let go by the university am- amongst, uh, basically a, a firestorm of African-American players, alleging racist behavior from Chris Doyle. So I guess, so initially urban Meyer came out and responded that he, that he had vetted this and looked into it and basically said he was well aware of this, but it wasn't an issue. Then you had some, you had some organizations uh, basically criticizing this move and now Chris Doyle has resigned. So (laughs) T Willie, what, what's going on? Yeah, that was fast. Um, Hell has no, what, what is it? Um, I'm, I'm, it's like a Shakespeare quote, like hell hath no fury. Like a lover scorned, I think something like that yeah and i instead of a lover scorn i was just gonna throw like the cancel culture and the internet mob that is going after everybody now if you've ever said anything you best go on your twitter or instagram or i don't know your your snapchats are still out there so you might be in trouble with those but delete everything anything that you think might be controversial because someone's coming after you if you make it big yeah this is uh it's it's the day and age we live in. And obviously, so here here's my thoughts on this. 
I don't know the culture at Iowa and I don't know Chris Doyle or, or how he treated those players. Um, there were a lot of players and I read a lot of the comments. There was pretty significant um, backlash there to where at least there was, it seems like at the very least there was probably some poor communication or, you know, maybe he inadvertently was holding, you know, white and black players to different standards, or there was some stuff going on that maybe he didn't even realize the significance of it. Um, we, yeah. we can't say for sure. And really, really none of us, none of us can, unless we were, we were there in the weight room and we were around that program. Um, but I do think, you know, people get second chances, right? So we've got guys playing in the NFL, right. That, that were incarcerated. We have guys playing in major league baseball that, that took steroids and get, so this, this idea that if, if crystal, I mean, the ultimate, the true story here would be for Chris Doyle to, to come back and then, and then make good on it. Right. And, and learn from it. And obviously if you, if you're going to work in the NFL, you're going to be working with a, a large majority of, of minority populations. So what's lost in this is maybe the chance for him to, to yeah, be a better redemption. person or to do right based on whatever transgressions he may have, he may have done in the past. Um, and, and it is, it is interesting too how, just how quick people pass judgment on something where the reality is like, I have no idea whether, whether or not Chris Doyle's a racist, literally right. zero. I have zero information and and neither does anybody else that wasn't there. So it's like you said, it's, it's, it's crazy that people will get um, just so convicted about, about someone losing their job when, when we, we really don't know. Right. So and I, I know it, it is kind of strange that he goes from like leaving a big 10 school to the NFL, like the head strength coach of an NFL team. I think so, for some reason, I think that actually does has something to play, play into it too. Like pe some people also look, I mean, it's, there's a very shallow point of view on a lot of these things nowadays. We'll just come out and say it, but like him getting like the promotion almost, yeah. I, I think it even, it's just salt in the wound for, for yeah. any of those people who, who do take any of that personally. So great point. I mean, it's a tough, you kind of, you feel like you got to tiptoe around this kind of stuff, even when just talking about just between you and me, but it's interesting, man. It's um, so I, I'm guessing hope I'm, I'm hoping that guy can get a second chance. Cause I mean, it, well, what would, what would any of this be like? What, what are sports for? If, if it's not for redemption and, and getting that story that you can actually, you actually can be a better person and write the ship, you know, for sure. And I think that would be the powerful the powerful message in it. So, you know, and I, I, let me just go, let me go on record here. Just rally caps on nation. I want to be authentic with you guys. Uh, I've definitely made mistakes in my life and I've definitely said, said things that in hindsight I shouldn't have said. And I regret saying, and I hope that they don't define who I am and, and kind of the rest of my life. Unfortunately, that's the, uh, and this isn't specific to Chris Doyle. I don't want this. I don't want this to come across like I'm condoning Chris Doyle, or I'm saying that any type of treatment of people of different colors is, is, is okay. Uh, I'm just saying that we don't, I don't know Chris Doyle. I don't know that situation. So for me, I'm not going to throw stones at something that, that I don't know if, if those things are true, then yeah, I hope he, you know, I hope, obviously I hope he just becomes a better man and, and learns from it. But I do know for me, speaking for me personally, I've certainly made mistakes in my life. I've certainly done things that I that I regret, but I hope that they don't define the rest of my life. And I hope, and I certainly hope that they don't 
negate any good good deeds or, or people I might be able to impact moving forward. And that's that's kind of the thing that I think is is really crazy about about all this. So for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know. Also, also, too, I, I did want to dis, I did want to mention I saw some of the statements. Uh, I forget it from exactly who, but basically saying that, you know, Urban Meyer saying that his relationship with Chris Doyle going back 20 years is kind of reinforcing the quote unquote good old boys network. Uh, and that's why you, you're not seeing a lot of these uh, minority coaches uh, becoming becoming head coaches or, or getting these positions. But to be honest with you, I don't, I don't think that's really a valid take. If anyone who and I used to work in in college strength and conditioning, that, that's just that's how it's done, where a, the, the football coach is going to have his strength guy his strength staff, and they're going to go with them wherever they go. And I mean, exactly. If you yeah, look there's, at Urban, there's, there's people who say stuff that just make, make better sense to you, you know, like it's just like another, a certain employee that you prefer this guy to handle this certain type of person, or you prefer this guy to be this position for you because he handles that position better. Like for sure. it, I feel like it's, it's a more pe- people just want to scratch like the very edge of this thing and then just throw out their takes which are super uninformed you know i don't think it's fair on anybody that we that we like this type of reactionary state that that pretty much the sports world and the the rest of the world is in too yeah definitely i mean that's and that goes to i i think it speaks less to this like that you know it's how it's the narrative around it right so we can call it the good old boys network or i could say that generally people prefer to work with people that they have a existing relationship with they know they get along with they know that they see things similarly and that there's already good chemistry there right because that's basically you could it's it's all about how you phrase it and in this this day and age where everything's spun i think it's important to just consider the other side i also want to make note too urban meyer staff had multiple uh minority members i mean charlie strong was a prominent african-american head coach if you guys remember the former uh former head coach for university of texas football so uh a weird situation. Uh, I think it's for urban Meyer. I would have, he had to have known that this was going to create some backlash. So if he wasn't going to stick through this, I would have just not hired Chris Doyle to start with. I almost think like if he hires him. Yeah. Pulling the plug 20 20 hours later definitely makes you look more suspicious than you should, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so it's a weird I don't know, man. It's, 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 uh, it's weird times, but I think if we can all just keep in mind that we've all made mistakes, we've all done things that we're not proud of, but you know, I think we all, uh, we would all hope to be judged, you know, kind of by our greatest acts, our greatest moment versus our our worst hour. So we'll see what happens in Jacksonville. They're going to get Trevor Lawrence. That's at least some good news. Um, yeah. And we'll, we'll see where, uh, where Chris Doyle lands next. Um, yeah. Yeah, hey, so. I also wanted I also wanted to go back a little bit on the JJ Watt. I know I um I had a couple more questions about like his his future too. So so what do we think JJ Watt's gonna do? You think he's gonna go ring chasing or you think he's gonna try to team up with his brother and go ring chasing in Pittsburgh? Or do you think he'll go back home? I mean, there's a lot of speculation on what, what he might do, but he's already made plenty of money. So what, what do you think his best move would be? I think he goes ring chasing. I'm sure it would be Tampa. I definitely think that's a consideration. Uh, I know, I know the storyline for him to go to Pittsburgh and play with his brothers is there, 
but just knowing JJ Watt and the type of competitor he seems to be, not having a Super Bowl ring is like that's got it. You you had said salt in the wound, right? Like that's got to be just grading on him. So I think if he can, if he thinks Pittsburgh is that is that place, and he can go win a ring there, then yeah, that that would make a lot of sense. I know they have some they have some cap issues there for sure, but. Yeah, I mean Tampa makes a lot of sense. I've seen, I've seen. He, he's such a good player. He makes sense anywhere, right? Like I know yeah. a lot of people were saying the Cowboys. He wants to stay in the state of Texas. I don't really see that. That's the one that makes probably the least sense to me. Yeah, I don't, I don't get that. Is that like a legit thing, or is this just Cowboy fans thinking that they are getting JJ Watt? Because I don't. Yeah, I feel like they just think they have claim to all the, all, all the, the most players. recent free agents. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm JJ Watt, I am not going to Dallas because that. You are not getting a Super Bowl ring there. I I can pretty much guarantee you that. <laughs> so stay 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 far far away. So yeah, I, I don't know where do where do you see him ending up next year? I I personally just so just let's just do a little uh, a little drill here, a little imagine game of the imagination. Close your eyes and imagine if you're JJ, how cool it would be to run out of the tunnel with your brother. Uh, before a game, like with the fire and the smoke going off and the entire crowd, obviously this is po- like post COVID when we're all, when we're packing these stadiums full, but just the, the, uh, like that's literally what every little kid dreams of, especially if you and all your brothers are playing football together. So I think that's going to be a pretty big thing in the back of his head. And if he doesn't go there, you know, he's going to get a little bit of uh does JJ not like his family? Is he like Aaron Rodgers? You know, he- <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good point. There might be some, uh, like Thanksgiving dinner might get real awkward if he doesn't yeah, go there for sure. So I, I feel like that's the safest thing for him to do, but okay. Let's, okay. I, let's, let's see what happens. It's probably too early to speculate on what's going to go on here. I like that angle for sure. I like, I like that angle. Um, who, who else could you see doing a, um, doing a personal video instead of like anything like how the normal like announcements have gone for the last like 50 years, you know, when it's either an interview or a tweet or something. Yeah, no, he's, he's a class act. I I mean, he just, JJ Watt is like, JJ Watt is everything that's good about sports. The dude is an absolute baller. The dude plays his ass off and plays through, I mean, his medical report, like, honestly, I'm scared to see JJ Watt, what he looks like when he's 55. Cause that dude has just absolutely tortured his body. The stuff he did um, in the wake of hurricane Harvey in that community in Houston and the way he was involved with that was yeah. just like, I, I mean, amazing. He's been the best. Yeah. I can't. Didn't he raise like $47 million? Yeah. Well, and he got all, he was the guy that got all the, all the athletes to get behind it was, and he was there. I mean, like literally ground level, like helping hand out, like, water bottles and canned goods and all that stuff so the dude is a great football player and and probably even a better a better human so i you know i don't i don't really know i don't have any insight to where he ends up next year but i hope i hope that we can see him on a on a a playoff team uh and get a chance to just to watch jj watt compete um what about cleveland Ooh, yeah team him up with uh miles garrett and whatnot that would be yeah yeah, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty fearsome. I, I know people were saying the Packers too. That, yep, that probably makes a lot of sense. I mean, Wisconsin boy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I don't. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Definitely. That's that's a, a lot of front offices are are scrambling right now with that for sure. Yep. Um. 
Speaking of front offices potentially scrambling, though, one other thing I forgot to I forgot to mention on the football side of things. Did you see Russell Wilson's comments to uh, Dan Patrick this week? I did. Yes, that was. I wanted to talk about that with you as well. So that was that was pretty crazy, huh? Like that. that it felt like that kind of like escalated super quickly between between the uh, between Russ and the Seahawks. You know, I mean. Obviously, everyone's getting sick of like not having any protection, you know. But yeah, uh, for that, that for, was a quickly boiling situation. That was just like, are we is is something going to happen to Russ right now? Is he going to go to another team? For a guy who has the most like carefully like canned interviews and like always is like, you know, want to thank my offensive line, thank the receivers. They just did a great job. Coaches did an awesome job putting a great game plan in place and we're focused on, you know what I mean? Like he is, he, yeah, we've, we've Dan talked Patrick, about this before. Patrick, give him some... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just gonna say, we've talked about this before. Like Russell Wilson is the, he's the king of sports cliche interviews and never like saying anything controversial. So you this think was, um, this you think Dan Patrick? You think Dan Patrick might have spiked his coffee with something, like giving him a little truth serum, or he like, could have, man. Dan, Dan Patrick, Dan, I'll tell you what. Dan Patrick's probably one of the few people that could have gotten this interview out of him. Um, mm-hmm. just, he's so he's so good at getting like these big name guys to speak speak kind of candidly. But for Russ, I mean, do you think like? does he see the division getting kind of stacked and he's like maybe concerned that the path is going to be too hard. Like it's they're like, they're not going to be good enough to, to make it through the NFC West. So he, and he sees his chances at title slipping away. Is that, is that the, so I saw, I saw, I did a little research. I saw pro football focus ranked his offensive line 14th this year. It's actually the highest ranked offensive line he's had while he's been there. They, they preseason were 28th. And then they were 14th after the year. So they kind of actually overperformed. Yeah. Um, the, the defense was terrible there this year, uh, yeah, especially were, in the they, first they were half. Bad. They figured it out late, but yeah, they, they were really bad at first. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but this is, this is really interesting. And, and I, it just made me think too, like, I don't know. I actually was listening to uh, the Ryan Rossillo podcast today and he said this and I've been, I hadn't heard him say this. Maybe this has been his take, but like, he was saying how Russ just kind of seems like I, – I just feel like he's so – he's either just the best dude in the world or he's so fake. Like, I can't listen to him. He's, he's just so corny with everything he says. So I don't, I don't know what to think about him and, and this, this kind of angle. I, I don't know if he's genuinely upset, if he's just trying to flex on the Seahawks a little bit to put some pressure on them to improve the team. Uh, I, I don't know. This is, this is going to be interesting, but – I definitely feel like there's something there. Like, I think this is a, this is a big deal. Yeah. I feel like the Seahawks need to make a, this is like a, like when you have a new girlfriend type thing, but no, so let's go back. Let's say it's a girlfriend that you've been dating for like three, four years now. She's expecting you to uh, pop the question soon. You know, you're, you're like almost ready to move in together or you already are. And they've been doing this for quite a while. They've had some success. But at the same time, Russ, I mean, when you the, the more we watch like the Seahawks, the more you kind of realize he doesn't have that great of a line. I know 14th is like not that bad, but for over the past five years, he's been hit getting hit pretty hard. And now he's kind of making that like, uh, let, let's change things up around here or 
I can make a splash and move along, you know? And I, I think he, it, it was definitely not a subtle way of sending that message to him, but I think overall it's probably going to get the Seahawks to take some action and take some initiative like really quickly as soon as the free agency market opens. Right. Yeah, I think so. Cause I think if he truly wanted out, the move would have been to go to Seahawks management behind closed doors. Right. Yes. So not to yeah, not and to, get a, get a blockbuster done somewhere. Yeah. So we'll see, but especially if, especially if the Niners end up acquiring Deshaun Watson, I mean, the, the writing, the writing is on the wall, man. That division is going to be just an absolute freaking bloodbath. Yeah. For him, that should, that should mean go to Washington immediately. Right. Ooh. Like, Ooh. Sneaky. I like that. Cause that would be a sick move for him to go to the NFC to and NFC East, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. NFC East to actually, so that you can get like you basically get like five bye weeks now, you know, like getting to play all these the Eagles and the Giants and the, yep. and the boys like you might have to lock it in for one or two of those games, but you can coast on most of those nights. If they if if the if the uh, if the Washington football team was somehow able to acquire Russ, you got to think that's like they become that's a contender. Like, yeah, they become like I don't. Title contenders for sure because they're going to walk through that well, division. Yes. They already have a big time defense. So yeah, I like that. I like that from you too, Willie. That that would be a that's a sneaky good location for them for sure. Yeah, they should. Uh, they should be uh, Dan Snyder. Come on, man, do the right thing. Like for sure. you've had you you've had plenty of f ups too in the past, so you can really do right if you somehow land Russ. Yeah, that would be huge. There's going to be. We'll, we'll stay on it this offseason for sure. There's going to be a lot of uh, quarterback movement coming up for sure. Uh, and then not to mention the draft this year, you've got Trevor Lawrence coming out who I was just listening to a thing today. Todd McShay said, you know, he's not, he's basically the closest thing to a slam dunk since Andrew Luck was the the last 2012, the last guy he said who you, who was this, uh this much of a sure thing. And then he, yeah. And then McShay was very, very high on uh, Zach Wilson as well, the BYU quarterback. He thinks that his words were that in the right situation and the right fit, he thinks he could be a top five or six quarterback in the NFL within a few years. Uh, yeah. Was, I don't know. Can we, can we say something before we get started with all this draft? Because we're going to have a lot of draft talk coming up. But it, it we've you and I have said this off mic probably a thousand times to each other. How wild is it that these dudes – Todd McShay and Mel Kiper Kiper get to literally like choose the order of the draft based on whatever they're coming up with. Just these two dudes watching film and literally almost every owner, like trust them down to a T. Yeah. (laughs) And they like, think of like the number of first round picks that you never hear of again after, after their name is mentioned at the draft night. Yeah. Well, I think for, for first round quarterbacks, for quarterbacks taken in the first round, it's pretty much a 50% bust rate. Yeah. Like 50% of those dudes are just complete busts. Right. It's, so, yeah. That, that, that blows my mind. So it's a coin toss that literally these – like obviously Trevor Lawrence is a weighted coin. You know, it's most likely going to land on whatever you want to call. But for the rest of these guys, yeah, like depending on the situation they get put into, it's going to be very challenging. Like it – I don't know. It's crazy how – uh how they can always just like put some kind of like tag some guys with certain potential and then disregard other ones so quickly too. So 
Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, if you look around the league and see so many quarterbacks, like just big time quarterbacks that are, that are drafted late um, or kind of, kind of slept on. I mean, Tom Brady, everyone knows sixth round. Russell Wilson was a third round pick, I believe. So you, I mean, you, you see it all the time. So, and even like you have uh, like Deshaun Watson, multiple, multiple quarterbacks taken ahead of him in the draft and that Mahomes. Yep. That, that type of stuff happens every year. So yeah, it is interesting that these guys who their job, they're paid to evaluate football players. Aren't think of, think of Lamar R Jackson, you know, like Lamar Jackson was like the fifth quarterback taken that year. And he was the first one out of all of them to win MVP. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting for for sure. Uh, jury's still out on. Well, L- Lamar's a tough one just because you got to look at it. I mean, if you're the Ravens, like you're looking at it. Obviously, it's been it was a good pick, right? Like they're having they're having success, oh, yeah. but but I also think too, like if he doesn't advance further in the playoffs or play play better in the playoffs you could say in some ways that it was still like it didn't work basically it was, it was still a failure uh, yeah I, we'll, we'll see it's just it's a uh, he's, he's a tough one to he's a tough one to evaluate from from that standpoint but that's a great that's a great example to your point of the ravens had a plan for him and they knew the system they were going to put around him and how they were going to use his talents in their offense right like to build to build like the arguably the league's best rushing attack. So that's where, that's where I think some of these, some of these franchises, you, you need to have a plan in place, right? Like if you're going to, if you're going to draft a quarterback who needs development or needs, he's not a Trevor Lawrence who you can just build around him, but he needs to have pieces. You need to make sure that you have those pieces in play. And if you don't have those pieces, you either need to not pick the quarterback or not pick that player or, make it your priority to then immediately surround them with those. And that, I, I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but it, it's surprising to me sometimes how these guys like don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it truly is surprising when you, when you think, when you say it like that, you know, like you'd think they'd have a one month, three month, one year, five year, three year plan, all right. like in paper, the same page, but most of these franchises clearly do not, which is which is wild to think about when you when you talk about a billion dollar organization. Yeah, that's on TV once a week. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely, it's uh, it's it's kind of crazy, but yeah, we'll yeah, we'll but- see. We'll 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 get into that more the draft coverage, obviously, as we as we get closer to that. Uh, I'm a big combine hype guy. Like, I love how I love when people freak out about like. Oh, this tight end like bench press two twenty five this many times like, who who cares like does that matter at all? But yeah, we'll uh, we'll 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 be getting into that for sure as the as the off season progresses. For um, sure. Okay, let's so golf. let's talk some golf. Absolutely, we are at Pebble Beach this year. We did not get the full Pebble Beach Pro Am, which is a big uh a big L for the golf community. COVID has, has taken that from us as well. I did get to see, they did like a little, um, like Bill Murray was playing. I saw Larry Fitz played the dude. I forget his name, but the dude that was Carlton in, uh, fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which by the way, have you seen that dude golf? Yeah, he can stroke it, dude. He is nice. 
He is yeah. He is legit. Like he has he's, a legit golf game, man. Yeah, he's got a beautiful swing, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was also too, uh, Bill Murray, very uh, very under like smooth, smooth mm-hmm. swing. Uh so yeah, so that was so uh Pebble Beach, the talent, it's not the depth of this is probably like the weakest field that they've ever had in terms of a lot of the big guns. A lot of the big guns played in Phoenix or they went over to uh Abu Dhabi. Is that where Dust DJ won? Somewhere over there, yeah. Some, somewhere it was just a money grab, right? They went they went overseas and there there was a shit ton of money there. Um shocker, DJ won. So those guys are so, anyways, a lot of those guys aren't there. But Mr. Jordan Spieth is there. And yeah. heading into tomorrow's final round, Spieth is in the lead. With the lead. Does he win tomorrow? Does he get it done? Well, we were just trashing him on, like, Tuesday. So I feel like for us, we have to root against him again, right? Like, I mean, we were basically saying he's a roller coaster, and somehow he's roller coasted his way all the way to the top of the standings this weekend, like, back-to-back weekends. So, yeah. I'm I'm gonna roll the dice again and say that he does not get it done tomorrow. I'm I, and again, not to hate on Spieth, and I know there's a ton of golf fans out there that that like love him and get mad if people are cheering against him for some reason. But I'm just going with logic, not my heart here, and I'm gonna say Spieth does not get it done tomorrow. Some guy that's two or three back, like a Paul Casey or something. Yeah, there's there's some big names behind him. Um, Paul or uh, Patrick Cantlay is right in the mix. You got Jay Day hanging around. Yep. Um, so there's definitely guys in striking distance that have that have won, know how to win, and uh, are are capable of going out and uh, shooting a low score tomorrow. For Spieth, um, kudos. You know, I I was kind of going on about how I feel like it's just it's so hard for him to win because he doesn't he doesn't make it easy on himself, right? Like when you watch. Um, let, so Kepka last week, uh, at the, at the Phoenix open, right? Like he, he, uh, he led the, he led the field in greens and regulation, right? So he gave himself so many, so many good looks at birdies and for Spieth, just his, his driver is not, it's not long and it's not super accurate. So he's basically, he needs to roll those long putts, right? Like he needs to have great iron play and hit those long putts, which, he seems to be doing, and it's awesome. I think it's good for golf, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with you there. I don't think he's able to hold on and get it done tomorrow. He had, even listening to his, uh, I listened to his comments after the round today, and he just doesn't seem, I don't know, man. He seems mentally like he doesn't have, he doesn't have that same like killer instinct that he, that he maybe once did. Like he still, he still doesn't believe in himself. Like he's not sure if he can get it done tomorrow. I think exactly, if you ask yeah. Kepka or DJ or any of these guys going into it, whether or not they get it done, they believe they're going to. And I think for Spieth, he's not not that he won't ever get back to that, but I don't think he's there just yet. So that's going to be interesting to see for for sure what uh what happens yeah, there. Um, yeah, because other than Cantlay and Paul Casey, there's not re- and Jason Day is also there, but there's not a ton of like recognize at the top of this leaderboard. So this might be one of those where he can actually use a little bit of that intimidation that he hasn't really had in a long time and kind of like play as the star. But I think, I think the moment is like you said, he doesn't seem very confident about it at all. And Pebble beach is probably one of the easiest courses to like completely fall apart on. So 
we we shall see about that. T. Will, where does Pebble Beach rank for you in terms of uh, like favorite courses that you've ever played? Uh, top two. What What would you put? What's up there with you in 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 the top two? If I'm being honest, probably that and Spyglass Hill are like one A, one B, and they're both right next to each other. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that one, uh, Chambers Bay, beautiful, very cool. They've had the uh, the open there before. And then uh, we played Edgewood, which was pretty awesome. That was sweet. Yeah. Wolf Creek, which I thought was one of the coolest, coolest courses and had the most uh, most slope I've ever seen. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the leaderboard here. Uh, I guess my my like I just want him to win because his Twitter is so damn funny is uh, we got Max Homa creeping there at yes. T11. He's four shots off the lead. Uh, if you guys let me let me give you guys a fa- do your uh, do yourself a favor here. If you don't follow Max Homa on Twitter, go ahead and give him give him a follow. I don't know his Twitter handle, but it's Max Homa. H O M A. Yep. There you go. So go, just go ahead and check it out. You won't. I promise you won't regret that. Rally Caps on is doing you a solid. So yeah, I'm. I'm definitely looking forward to watching that tomorrow. Um, T Willie, we want to get into a little. Do we want to talk a little NBA right now? Yeah, let's let's talk some NBA. Um, a lot of it's panning out kind of how we expected it to. There's a couple surprises in there. Let's play a fun game where you and I, uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to say since the segment contender and pretender has already been taken by pretty much everyone, do we want to like figure out some syllables for this one or just do the same exact segment as everyone else? If you have, if you have suggestions, I'm open to it. Off the top of my head. um... I mean, we kind of, we kind of have like the bullish or bearish. We've kind of ad- ad- yeah. adopted that here, so we could we could maybe go with that. But ba- basically, you you guys get the point we're making, right? Like, we just want to see: are we in or are we out on these teams? Do we think yep. that they're a legit title contender, or are they, you know, are they phonies? All right, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start you with one: fraud okay. or not. Um, let's go, Milwaukee Bucks. I'm in on them as a contender. I still think uh, I'm in as a contender. I think that they can. Uh, I think that they can make it out of the East. I, I think that they're probably they're my they're my favorite to make it out of the East right now. If I if I had to pick one today, it would be the Bucks to come out of the East. Yeah, if you're making a pie chart right now and you have to share it between the Sixers, the Bucks, the Nets, and the Celts, who 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 what slices are you giving out to the to the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, let me think about this. So I would give the, I would give the Nets a five percent chance to come out of the East. So I've five, five, five percent chance. Uh, Ooh. dude, I am, I am, so, I am so far out on the Nets, man. I just don't think for so many reasons. I think they have so many issues. I think that the defense is a, is a very serious issue. Uh, and then I don't, I don't think that Harden and K, uh, Kyrie can like just coexist and pull and pull together. Um, we'll see. I could be proven wrong, but I'll give them a 5%. Let's, I'm not that good at math. Let's go 10% for the Nets, So it's easier for me. There you uh, go. I'm going 10% there. I'm going to go uh, 20% for the Sixers. I do not, I'm not a believer in the Sixers. I don't think that 
Uh, I think Ben Simmons can't shoot and Joel Embiid needs the ball in the post. Simmons does his damage when he gets out in transition. There's not, there's not space in the post in the playoffs. Yeah, the chemistry and isn't there. Transition. So yeah, I, I, I'm low on them. So that leaves what I've got 70% left. Let me go 30% for the Boston Celtics. Okay. And then I'll leave, that'll leave me with 40% for the Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Bucks. Uh, and I guess I'm saying that nobody else has a chance. Uh, Indy, Charlotte, Toronto. No, no. Miami. No. Uh, I still think Miami's dangerous. I know they're sitting at nine. Like if the playoffs started today, they wouldn't be in there, but they, no team in the NBA has been hit harder by COVID other than maybe the wizards. So Miami's got a lot of guys that I think are that have championship pedigree. So I think they have a chance. They have a puncher's chance. They're going to ask, ask me. And after we've seen, you know, 20, 25 more games, maybe that will change, but as of right. today, I go Milwaukee number one, Boston number two, uh, and I really think it's going to be one of those two teams to come out of the Yeah, game. Miami might be a sneaky uh, futures pick again. They You can get some great value for them right now, I bet, if you think they're they're going to ride the ship here and figure out how to at least get back into like the, the Eastern Conference Championship or something. I'm sure they've got some great odds on that. That's a – yeah, that would be a uh... – that's a that's some good advice right there. That'd be a smart sleeper pick. A smart bet for sure. For sure. Yep. All right. So let's go. Let's go over to the West. I know the West is a little bit more um cookie cutter here, but currently the Utah Jazz are still in first place and they have won 14 out of their last 15 games. Am I reading that correctly? Uh yep. You got you got it. They're nine and one in their last ten. Wow. Yeah, Giannis called them "quote the best team in the West" after they uh, beat the Bucks two nights ago, I believe. Yeah, well, the the West is just beaten down on the Bucks, anyways. So I, I think the West is still a stronger division, even though it looks like there's like the East is kind of making a little bit of a comeback. You know, they've got a little bit more, a little bit more firepower than previously, but the West to me is stacked. Are are you in or out on the Jazz? <sighs> Man, uh, I'm in on them as being one of the best three teams in the West for sure. Uh, I'm out on them having any chance of beating the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy. Right. I, I mean, it's, it's a good story. I like that team, but I think the Lakers beat them in in no more than six games if they play in the playoffs. Honestly, for sure. Yeah, I think I think you're. Yeah, the Lakers. And also another little betting tip: if you want like some free money, basically we're we're basically saying this is going to be free money, barring any injuries. Obviously, the Lakers are plus one ten to win the West right now. Yeah, that's that would uh, you should probably bet that, folks. Just, just yeah, for real. Just, just just go ahead and go ahead and put some take your GameStop earnings and go ahead and plop them there. There you go. At plus one ten. Do you have futures odds for the MVP in front of you right now, T. Willard? MVP, let's see if we got it here. I'm trying to look at them on my book, but We've I... got NCAA tournament popping up. I don't want to see that. We've got... Because I know earlier, uh, maybe a couple weeks ago, LeBron was like plus 1,400 to win MVP. And if you look historically, if the Lakers win... You know, if they win the if they win the West, the the MVP almost always comes from the best team, and LeBron is 
having another LeBron season. So if, if yeah, you that can, would seem to make sense, right? If you if you can get LeBron, I would say at like plus six hundred or higher. That's another. I mean, that, that's a to me that's an easy bet. Yeah, let's uh, let's also talk about another couple teams that we. I know that I'm surprised to see them there just because I'm I've been watching the Suns do this for so long and any like like gleam of hope usually gets wiped away pretty quickly. But they're eight and two in their last ten games and they're playing really good ball. They're sitting at sixteen and nine and they just beat the Celtics and the Sixers on a little stretch down east. Um, are the Suns for real? You think you think they're going to be around? Um, towards the end of the season, like in the final four. So let me go on record as saying so far this season, the Suns have proven me wrong and I've been totally wrong on them. Uh, yep. But that being said, I'm still not in on them as being a final four team. I said before the year that I thought they were going to finish between six and eight in the West. I'm going to, I'm not coming off my pick. I'm not backing down. I still think they finished between six and eight in the West. They are, currently sitting at number four, but you have Portland, San Antonio, Denver, Golden State, Dallas right behind them. Portland is playing without CJ McCollum. Nurkic has also been, I think Nurkic is still out for them. Uh, Denver was missing Michael Porter Jr. for a long period of time, and they haven't really, Jamal Murray has not played well. I expect him to play better. Uh, The Spurs, I don't really know what to say about the Spurs, except they're pretty decent and they're there. Uh, And then Golden State, Kelly Oubre is coming on strong. Steph is doing Steph type things. I think Wiseman's only going to get better as the season continues. So the point I'm making is there's a lot of teams behind the Suns that I expect to play better moving forward. Um, yeah. So for the Suns, this is a huge, a huge, huge thing for them. Even if they do finish sixth in the West, just them going to the playoffs is huge. But I don't see the Suns winning a playoff series. I can't, I can't see that happening. Okay, I think, I think if they play. I think if they play Portland, they will win. We'll have to see. Um, I I think I think San Antonio would be that team that would like you know they're kind of like that team with the no no superstars but all just pretty good players and I feel like they would kind of grit out a win like a a series win against the Suns and then Clippers Lakers Jazz I think obviously would deadly and then the Nugs would probably beat them as well. Yeah, I, so yeah, I think they have, they have to play. Uh, if we got they have to play matchup roulette. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll we'll see what's going on. The West the West is interesting. I mean, you basically have four through nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, four. Like, I mean, really, <laughs> almost everyone is in it except yeah, for the, down the whole board except, except for Minnesota for is yeah in contention for sure for sure. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting to see. I think Portland is a team that's interesting to me if they get, if they get healthy, the thing with Portland that the, it's, it's the same story with them every year, right? They, they're so bad defensively that it's hard to, it's hard to pick them, you know, like to, right. to, to really, it, it, you, you can't outscore people in the playoffs. It's the same thing I was just saying, um, that it gets it gets difficult to, to to score, and you've seen that you've seen that with Milwaukee too. Uh, I'm just looking at rosters here. I mean, it's interesting. So, like, if we compare the Suns, like, let's go, 
Let's go position by position. You tell me who you'd rather have. Okay. Okay. So point guard, we've got Chris Paul and then Dame Lillard. Dame. Okay. Shooting guard, we've got D book. And then we've got, let's assume CJ McCollum is healthy. Book. Okay. And then small forward, we've got Mikel Bridges for the Suns. He's having a very nice year. Yes. And then um, Derek Jones Jr. I'm going Bridges. Probably Bridges, right? Yep. I agree with you there. Power forward. Uh, take your pick between Kaminsky, Jay Crowder, Cam Johnson, Sarge, if he comes back, kind of that whole combination. Yeah, and then rotation. For, for Portland, they've got, uh, they got Rocco, Robert Covington, Carmelo. Uh, that's the, those are the kind of the two guys that they, that they put, that put in time there. I think I'm going with the Covington mellow combo. Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one. I don't know. I do like Jay Crowder and Sarich, and I think they are actually playing really well. But in a playoff playoff situation, actually, no, I'm I'm turning the tables on myself. I'm going with Jay Crowder. I like Jay Crowder and his defensive ability. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah, that's that's a tough one. Uh, I like Covington and what he can do. Also, too, Cam Johnson has been really good for the Suns. Um, yes, a lot of depth there. And then at center, DeAndre Ayton. And then let's assume that the Nurk. Blazers get Nurkic back healthy. Uh, I would go Nurk for sure. Really? Think so? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess looking at the rosters, I don't I don't know. I mean that that would be a great series. I think that'd be I'm I'm rooting for that series to happen now because I think it would be uh I think it'd be really entertaining. Yeah, and I th- I think the Suns have the slight edge there. Um and I think they would too against the Spurs as well. But I, I still I still I think the Spurs play better 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 team team ball along with the nuggets as well so i i think other than the blazers that's kind of their only way to advance to the next round is, is the way i'm looking at it yeah i'm i'm with you there uh yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting with the nba there's a there's a lot of a. Uh, Obviously, there's a lot of good storylines they they still haven't released the the full like second half schedule yet um, I know the Suns also too. Someone was telling me uh, that they've, I think they've played like the hardest out of everyone, out of everyone in the West. I think they've had like the number one or number two strength of schedule so far. And they, I think they have the best record against teams above 500 so far. So there's a lot of, there's a lot to like there. They have good depth and listen, Hey, this is one. If I end up being wrong on the Suns, I will gladly I will gladly take the L here just because that'd be as, as a Phoenician. Um, yeah. This is one we're happy to be wrong. about. Yeah, exactly. That would be awesome to have a, uh, to have a team to cheer for here uh, and to see them in the playoffs and, and doing well. So, you know, spinning around the NBA, we've, we've hit on it before. Everybody knows they're, they're uh, Jaime's favorite whipping boys. Uh, Let's talk a little Brooklyn nets. They are currently sitting at 15 and 12 which is good for third in the East, believe it or not. They are six and four in their last, uh, in their last 10. They're scoring a whopping 120.4 points per game, which is second most to uh, second only to the Bucks. They are allowing a whopping 117.5 points per game, which is the worst total in the East except for the Kings. Washington Wizards. Oh yeah, Wizards is one twenty. So the only teams, 
Listen to this. And this is why I said 5%, which I know, I know it sounds crazy when I say that a team that has Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden has a 5% chance of winning their conference. T. Will, the only teams that allow more points than the Brooklyn Nets are the Washington Wizards and the Sacramento Kings. Ouch. <laughs> and that's and that's not even with a whole that's their season total. So you got to think, you know, they weren't they didn't have James <laughs> James the turnstile Harden for, you know, the first <laughs> however many games of the season. So Right. You know, they score, they're scoring more points than every team in the league except for one, and they're giving up more points than every team in the league except for two. So I don't, I don't know. What, what do you make of that situation? Yeah, that's not a good trade-off when you put it like that. And yeah, you can't, you cannot make it through the playoffs without any defense. And obviously, I think, I think their mentality is that they're going to be just turning it on, quote unquote, turning it on come right. playoff time when they're going to actually try to bear down. But if you don't at least show some of that in the regular season, like where you can show like a good two to three week stretch that you can actually stop teams and make them like not just shoot 70% open shots. You, yeah. That, that is a massive, massive red flag that if you're, if you're a fan or part of part of the front office here, you've got to figure out a way to get some kind of defense infused into this, into this team. Right. Yeah. I think it's an issue. And here's, here's something that I haven't heard a lot of a, uh, a lot of people talking about in terms of the, everyone's talking about Harden and Kyrie uh, not being great defenders. So Steve Nash, head coach for the Nets, and then his de facto associate head coach, Mike D'Antoni. Neither of them yeah. have ever been to the NBA Finals. And they've both pretty much made their whole career on this idea that you could outscore teams and win. And to date, it has not proven successful. I mean, for all the accolades, for all the love that we show Mike D'Antoni and Steve Nash, Neither of them have ever played in the NBA finals. So, I, I mean, that's to me, that's a real, I, I get that the coaches don't play, but I think that's also a genuine concern that not only are Harden and Kyrie not good defensive players, but I don't think they're getting, I don't think they're being coached hard to, like, I don't think it's being made clear to them in the, in the film sessions that, hey, we're going to need to play better defense because I think that Steve Nash and, and Mike D'Antoni believe that they're they going to just outscore. outscore teams. Yeah. And I don't, that's a good I don't point. see that happening. Yeah. Yeah, Another, that's... a couple other stats here too. I want to give you, I'm just looking at it. So in the East, the Milwaukee bucks have the second best record, but they have the best point differential. They're at plus 8.6. So they're winning by an average of almost nine points. The 76ers are at plus 3.3. The nets are at plus 2.9. If you look at the West, so the top three teams in the West, the jazz, the Lakers and the Clippers, Plus 8.9, plus 8.0, plus 7.4. The Suns are fourth at plus 2.9. So what that tells me is I think the Sixers, the Nets, the Suns are kind of clearly in that that second tier of team, regardless of regardless what, of where yeah, they're at the in terms of the record. Right now, yep. yep. And then I think the Bucks are the one team from the East that are a little bit with those three teams in the West in terms of in terms of how well that they're that they're playing. Another team too. I said, I said earlier, just a couple things. And I know differential can be up and down, especially right now when you're having teams play games, missing so many players due to the health and safety protocols. Um, but the Nuggets are at plus 4.0, sitting in seventh. They're behind the Spurs, who have a negative point differential, and the Blazers, who have a plus 0.1. So I, you know, I think the Nuggets, 
the Nuggets are definitely trending up in my opinion. I'd be shocked if they finished the season seventh. I think I think they move up the move up the ranks there. Uh, yeah, I, I like the Nuggets. I think they play. They've got the two the two studs that you can you can kind of rely on that can create themselves some open shots. And the Joker is the best passing center we've ever seen. Right? He is unreal. I love. He's dope. I love watching Jokic play. He is. Yes. He's so much fun. His arms get so red, but he is he is so he is so good and just like really uh just a fun guy to watch. Like I love I love his uh I love his style. I love the way he passes, just how how creative he is with it. Um this is completely unrelated, but when I was when I said how many people are are being uh are missing games because of health and safety protocols, it made me think of it. So, help me out here. When you like if I test positive for COVID and then you, me and you had dinner and we were like, well, that, that sounded weird. If we were, if we were hanging out or something like that and uh, you, we, you were in close proximity to me, is that not contact tracing? I keep hearing people say contract, like I signed a contract tracing. It's contact t- tracing, right? Not contract. <laughs> yeah. It's contact. How are you, do you, have you heard people say contract? I swear every time I hear it, they're saying contract. I have, I have not heard that, but, um, Maybe I have I'll, bad hearing. You'll yeah, have guys, to- keep your ears peeled for that. Um, ears peeled too, man. We're just coming up with all the, uh, <laughs> all the follies, but, uh, I have not heard that. I will be listening for that. Okay. <laughs> Next days to follow. Yeah. You guys hit us up. If you've been hearing that as well. Could just be that Greeny has terrible hearing. That's entirely possible. But yeah, it's it's uh that's that's like so. This is a, again totally unrelated. But that is my number one. People always ask like, what are your pet peeves? My biggest pet peeve is when people say words that are like like it's probably technically not wrong to say contract tracing. Like we all know what you're saying, but like it's not the right it's not the right word. And people do that people do that all the time with certain ones. I'll I'll make a list of it. But that's that's my that's my number one pet peeve. Yeah, next next week we're coming back with a top five list of mispronounced words that you're just make you make you want to say yes, like yes, WTF I'll, to the guy. I will I will start I will start compiling that for for sure for sure. We'll, we'll come out with our each of our own top five. Some some power rankings on it, definitely. <laughs> yep, definitely. Ir- irregardless, we're gonna irregardless is one. Irregardless, we're gonna continue with the podcast. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of the NBA roundup. Um, selfishly, I need the Mavericks to start playing a little bit better because I've got some, uh, got some wagers on them that I, that I would like to, I'd like to win. Uh, T Willie, your fantasy basketball team is looking like it might get a big win this week. Oh, we're taking it home, baby. Talk talk to us about that. How, how are we feeling? I still have yet to figure out how to get my players to play more games than the other team. I'm looking at your roster and you've got one, two, three, four, five, six guys currently like out or injured. Yeah. They're all, they're all day to day. And so I, my, I just need health is all I need on my team. Cause my scoring isn't that bad, but I get beat every single time. Cause like Embiid sits out quite a bit uh, sitting out for a while uh who else do i have cat yeah carl anthony towns sitting i mean just good players that just 
TJ refused to take the court half the time. Yeah, you've you've definitely uh you've been snake. Will Barton sure. out. Yeah. D'Angelo Russell injured. Yeah, that's uh, killing me. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. But things are looking up. A win here would uh the season the season is young would definitely get you get you moving in the right direction. For sure, you're getting some guys back and healthy. I mean, if you if your guys can get healthy, you're running out a front line of Nurkic, Cat, Porzingis, and Embiid. I mean, I don't I'd throw Lamarcus Aldridge in there. We got DeAndre Jordan hanging around. I don't I don't know that there's a better a better uh, front court in the uh, in the league. You just yeah. If if TJ Warren comes back too, I might I might be dangerous at the right time. Maybe uh sneaky sneaky late. We gotta we gotta make sure we uh, we eliminate you before all these guys uh all these yeah, guys you, get back in here. Also, you know, this be is the dark horse for sure. Let's do a little rant here too. Uh, now that we're talking fantasy sports, what what is your thought on vetoing trades in fantasy sports? Give me your your, um, your basic overview here. <laughs> like my own perspective on like if I see one come across that like, like if I should vote like what type of trade what type of trade would cause you or what type of behavior what circumstance would cause you personally to veto a trade the only thing I would ever veto a trade for is that if I think there was like collusion going on right uh, so like, like my team is out of it and I'm gonna trade you exactly my yeah I'm giving you for a bench player Exactly. Like I'm giving you Zion for like Dario Saric or something. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm, I'm with you there. And there's been some, there's been some, uh, that, well, folks, I'm just going to come out and say, there's been a lot of excess vetoing in our fantasy basketball league. A lot of people, a lot of people chirping about, uh, you know, quote unquote unfair trades. Listen, if you're that guy that vetoes. Yeah. Don't trades, call Wolf. Don't call Wolf before you need to make a big trade. Right. Absolutely. I think the only way you veto a trade in fantasy football is if is if the trade isn't made in the spirit of both teams getting better. Right. So it doesn't you don't get to you shouldn't veto a trade because you think that one person's winning the trade because the other person obviously thinks that they're winning the trade. Right. Or they need it's a need for them. That's that's not what the veto is there. The veto is there when it's an unfair trade to the league. I'm trading T. Willie Dame Lillard and he's going to trade me back shake Milton just because I want to screw everybody else over. Uh, exactly. So, you know, it, it's, it's important. I think a lot of our listeners play fantasy sports. We want you guys to get invited back to your leagues. We want you to be upstanding citizens that, that carry the fantasy community forward. Don't be that guy that just is trying to veto trades all the time. Maybe be a guy that tries to make trades, you know, that way you can get, you can get in on the action and have yourself a little bit of fun. Um, 100%. Also with that too, this is kind of secondary. Don't be that guy that just spams everyone bullshit trade offers. No, I don't want to trade, you know, Dame Lillard for Kyle Kuzma. No, you're not going to trade me Devin Booker for Evan Fournier. Like that. Just let me, let me find one that I got the other day. Oh my goodness. I was just like, dude, seriously. I, I don't get that. Like, why, why are you doing that? Why are you wasting your time? Why are you wasting my time? It's just, it's totally pointless. And honestly, I consider it to be like, it's like bad etiquette. It's like you're golfing and you're just stepping on your buddy's line. Like, yeah, I get it. Realistically, like, are, am I going to miss my putt because of like your spike mark? No, but like, it's the spirit. It's just the spirit of the game, right? Like show a little, show a little respect. 
Yeah. Um, well, where is it here? Uh, if you go to my team and then at the top, it'll have pending trades. I, I got, I have jaw Moran. I got one Kemba Walker for jaw. That's not terrible. I think, but, uh, yeah, I, I, that's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm okay with that one. Honestly, here we go. D'Angelo Russell for Nicholas Batum and Buddy Hild. Ooh, yeah, Buddy Buddy Hield the sneaky, sneaky good. Am I just missing on these trades that I should be taking? I oh here here's a good one. Porzingis for Blake Griffin. Yeah, that's I wouldn't do that. Come on, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that. Shout out, shout out my man Hunter for trying to trade with you. I'm 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 seeing what I'm seeing where he's coming from with this. I don't know that uh <laughs> that Batum and Heald trade for D'Angelo Russell. Yeah. Russell does sit out a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know that I would do that, but I yeah. never like the idea of, of getting two like downgraded starters and getting right. rid of one good starter. For sure. For sure. Yeah, so maybe maybe at some point we'll have to do a uh, we'll have to do like a fantasy etiquette preview, maybe like ahead of fantasy football season, just to you know catch people go. up to speed. Or we could do like our top ten most annoying most annoying things that that happen in in fantasy football or something like that. That might be that might be interesting. And top top team names that we've ever seen or played with. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm a I'm a pretty big uh, team name guy you know, Garrido's guys every, every time. That's always yeah, you're uh, very, you're very creative. Yeah. People, people really uh, seem to seem to like how creative I am with that. So, <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, we went through a little bit kind of random there, hit a little NFL. We got some golf going. We got NBA uh, T Willie. We wanted to talk. We wanted to make our foray foray into a little bit of the tech industry. Uh, you got some Apple news, possibly, involving some vehicles why don't you hit us with it um okay just because i have i was in the market for a new car about a month ago and i pre-ordered an electric vehicle and now that i pre-ordered it i'm like much more you know it's one of those things where you start like you feel like a like a sophisticated collector you know once you like yeah you've put made the commitment to do something like this so car space so i've been reading about this and now uh, in, in recent news, uh, the, the new president, Joe Biden, has uh, passed a bill saying that all government vehicles will be becoming electric. So a lot of companies, a lot of big companies are going to get themselves into the electric vehicle game, including Apple, which is pretty crazy knowing how much like market share they have of the cell phone industry. Uh, when you just think of that, that is, they own 40% of the cell phone industry. Wow. Like, and so if, if they can do something in the car industry, even if they're at 2%, they become the, like the biggest share, like share of that industry. So I think this is going to be super interesting that if, if Apple gets into, into this and they, there have been rumors, obviously they're showing like very like basic renderings of, of like prototype vehicles that we have no idea whether or not for certain that's what they're going to go with or anything, but they do look pretty sick. And I'm, uh, I'm kind of excited for this to come out. Are, are, have you ever looked into uh, the electric vehicles or 
Have you ever considered getting one for yourself? No, I haven't really, but maybe I, uh, maybe I'll have to. I mean, so far the, uh, 2015 Toyota Highlander is she's, she's rolling pretty good. She's rolling yeah. pretty good. Um, the upgrade to, uh, I'm still on that level where I, I was pretty fired up about just getting the push to start. That was like a big, that was, that was a big step for me, not having to fumble for the keys. So yeah, hopefully I, you, you, last time we were golfing, you were showing me, um, what's the, uh, the Rivulon, is that the one that you pre-ordered? Correct. The R- Rivion, you almost got Rivion. it. That thing looks pretty, I mean, that looks pretty sweet for sure. Yeah, so Rivion is also backed by Ford and Amazon, so they're both kind of teaming up on this one. I've heard of um, those coming out with Coming out with these new trucks, electric trucks that have like 300 miles per charge, which is pretty sick. It's basically like a decent size like SUV. And very fast and they're built for like off-road and they have extra storage because the engine is like on the undercarriage so like your front um the front hood is actually a like a storage compartment which is pretty sweet and it's just like it's just loaded with everything so i'm very excited for this i won't get it for another like year year or so but i am i am fully prepared for this sucker yeah, that thing you were showing me some pics. I mean that and the, the storage like super underrated too, right? And especially Yeah, it's got over 110 cubic feet of storage in it. Yeah, definitely. So if you're not looking into the to the EVs, the electric vehicles, the AVs, the aut- autonomous vehicles, um, you know, this is guys, this is your chance to get uh get into Robin Hood and and swing big. This is a little disclaimer, this is not certified financial advice you should do your own research we are not paid endorsers for any of the companies mentioned in this podcast <laughs> good <laughs> good good disclaimer there just, just a disclaimer here but for sure yeah no that's that's exciting stuff uh, i'm i mean i'm pretty fired up to see uh to see what some of these cars look like i mean if we can get to the point where we just have the the autonomous cars like you could literally just be working or like getting stuff done while you have to drive. If you're, if you're commuting, that would be, that'd be pretty cool. That'd be incredible. Yeah. So that's, that's what this car, the Rivion is what has like a driverless plus mode that I basically have to sit at the actual wheel, but I can technically not touch it and it should drive me from point A to point B without me having to do anything to it, which is pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Yeah. I, I like that for sure. Well, uh, T Willie, I, if you don't have anything else, I have one more thing that I wanted to end with today. I'm looking at, uh, betting odds for tomorrow at pebble. Uh, I need you to give me a pick here. Okay. So I'm going to give you the leaderboard. We got Spieth at 13 under Russell Knox, Cantlay, Berger, Nate Lashley, Tom Hoagie are all at 11 under Paul Casey T seven at 10 under with Brian Stewart. Maverick McNeely and Jay Day at nine under Max Homa and Will Gordon. Okay. Yep. Odds I've got in front of me. I've got Cantley at plus 325, Berger okay. at plus 525, Paul Casey at plus 1000, Speether at plus 165, Jay Day at plus 1000, Homa is plus 3500. Uh, Russell Knox plus 1000 Maverick McNeely plus 2200. 
Tom Hoagie plus 1700, Will Gordon plus 6,500. Does, does, do any of those stand out for me? I liked the Jason day at, would you say plus 1000 plus 1000? That was the first one that I liked. Um, I would, I know Jason Day is three strokes back, but didn't the guy that was three strokes back win it last weekend? Believe so. Yes. So I mean, he moved, he's gone 69, 69, 68. So he's been consistent. Yep. Yep. I like, I like either that or Paul Casey. I'm, I'm going to go with one of those two guys to okay. uh, have a big hole and somehow, somehow find their way at the top of the leaderboard by the end of it all. All right, I'm gonna put some money down on that, and uh, you know, I'll I'll just go ahead and wire you 10% if we if we win. Awesome, yeah. I just a little hot tip. I took I took Kepka last weekend. Oh, you dog! On he was he was at nine when I took him, so he was I think he was plus two like two fifty or three hundred when he was back like two strokes, and I was like, oh, he's got this, and. Soon as I uh, soon as I got back home from the grocery store, turned it on. He chipped it in. I was just like, "That was pretty incredible." So I doubt my pick this weekend will will do it. So I would actually try to fade me this weekend if we're gonna pro- go back and uh, talk about this. But um, <laughs> well, well, we'll yeah, s- I'm not liking Burger at 600. I, I don't think he's gonna close it out. Um, Russell Knox, not really. Not really getting me getting me riled up about Russell Knox either. So yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go with Day or Casey, and then unfortunately Spieth finishes in the uh, top five again. though, for sure. I like it. All right. Well, I'll get some. Uh, I'll get those bets placed. I think I'm also gonna throw down a little money on Max Homa maybe to get it done. Just just so I can root for a guy who I like to I like to follow in terms of his Twitter. He's, he's going off at plus thirty five hundred. So I mean. For sure. You know. If there's anything we can learn, it's that you bet with like how entertained you are by that person and not whether it makes sense that they're going to win or not. Yeah, absolutely. All right. T. Willie, you got anything else for us? I think that's it. I We uh, we appreciate you guys. If you like today's episode, be sure to let a friend know. As soon as you start talking golf, basketball, baseball, tell them, hey, first things first, you listen to Rally Caps on, right? And they're going to go – yeah, I do. Or if they don't, for some reason, you're going to say, all right, let me get you on the right podcast. So that way we're all right. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Tell what do you got? You good? Yep. Awesome. Thank you guys. And rally caps on. Have a great weekend.